On today's podcast, we do part four of five of the series on the Catalyst by Jonah Berger. We have covered reactants, we have covered endowment, we have covered distance, and today we covered uncertainty. And we talk about triability and the four things that you can include and should include in every single thing that you share with your audience, your customers, your potential customers that will massively decrease uncertainty and increase the likelihood that they will commit. And I think you should use all four of these in everything you do every single day. And I break it down in the podcast with so much more. So without further ado, let's cue the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Well, hello, you beautiful person, and welcome to part four of five of the Customer Journey Series, breaking down the book, The Catalyst by Jonah Berger. I'm stoked to be here. I have my new glasses on, my pink camo glasses, because I had to make them match my shoes, because you know they got to coordinate shoes, glasses. I am so stoked. And to be frank, I am loaded with energy, probably because I've been go, go, go. We're moving this week. We're never leaving Montana. Just a different house until we get our long-term one in a couple of months. My wife is sick, but we've been taking care of her. Lots of cuddles and and snuggles on the couch. My son and I have been playing outside all weekend. We were out in the sunshine. We were jumping in the lake in our boots and throwing rocks. And I love it. And I am just fired up. And customer journey gets me fired up. And so today, we're going to talk about part four of The Catalyst or part four of this series from the book, The Catalyst. And today's topic is uncertainty. Now, before we did this episode, the one that you're listening to right now, we did three other episodes that preclude this one that I recommend that you go listen to. You take them seriously and you apply them in. We covered reactants, we covered endowment, we covered distance, and today we're covering uncertainty. Now, if you're just finding this episode, if somebody sent this to you and they're like, oh my God, you need to listen to this episode, hint, if you haven't sent these episodes to a friend or 10, I'm gonna invite you now to pause this and share it with some friends so they can listen with you, but you help spread the good podcast love. But if you're one of those people that received this podcast, you're like, who is this guy? What is he talking about? Well, I, I'm the master of customer journey. It's what I do. It's what I obsess about. I can't sleep at night because I think about helping people and helping entrepreneurs, helping people through customer journey. And one of the most powerful books in the world on customer journey is called The Catalyst by Jonah Berger to where we become the catalyst to create change for our customers or ideal customers. And instead of making everybody read it, because I've been recommending it for years and nobody reads it, I was like, I'm just going to read it for you. I'm gonna recommend it, I'm gonna break it down, and I'm gonna take you through the most important parts. And today is part four. We've done part one, part two, part three. Today is part four, and there's one more part after this. So you will have a full idea of everything required to create catalysts or for you to become the catalyst to create change for your customer because these are the five things that get in the way of your customers changing or them committing or them shifting. And it is extremely, extremely powerful. And so today, we're going to be talking about his concept, which is an incredible concept of uncertainty. And I have some notes in front of me I'm going to go through. We're going to talk about uncertainty, trialability, and a few things here. But before we get into that, I have a question. And you guys know I love my podcast. I love this show. I love you. It lights me up to do this. And I had a thought the other day. I was sitting in my office. I was meditating. And I was like, 
I really love breaking down books. I've loved this series so far. And I wanted to ask you, and I need you to tell me this. I need you to shoot me a message on Instagram or on Facebook and say yes or no. But I love my Monday episodes because they're short and to the point. And I want to keep them 20 to 30 minutes. But I would really, really, I think I would really enjoy breaking down books on Monday episodes, like books that apply to entrepreneurship, books that apply to mindset or leadership or marketing or messaging. But before I do that, I want to know if you like this style, if you prefer this, where I read the books, I take the notes, I take the big ideas, and then I share them with you and I break them down for you. So you have nuggets to apply in your business or in your life right away. And so if that's something you're interested in, if you'd love that, I would love it if you shot me a DM and said, yes, George, more book episodes, more book episodes, or no, I think you're crazy. Here's what I want you to do instead. But I'm asking because I really love your feedback and I really love and enjoy doing them. And so if it's something you enjoy, I will keep doing them because the response to these shows have been absolutely incredible. And then we will keep our Fridays for our interviews or my long teaching sessions or all of that so that this podcast is designed to give you everything you need to succeed. So that's my question. I need you to answer it. And now let's get into today's episode. So in Jonah Berger's book, The Catalyst, he talks about what gets in the way of people changing. And that's how we become the catalyst. We understand what stops somebody or what somebody is experiencing in their current state. We create a catalyst, become the catalyst, use our business as a catalyst to allow them to move from that current state into their ideal future state. And typically there's only a few things that get in the way of somebody changing. In part one, we covered reactance. In part two, we covered endowment. In part three, we covered distance. And today we're gonna cover uncertainty. Now. One important thing to remember is that in every part of this life and this world of building relationships and marketing and business, somebody could have all five of these, they could have one of these, they could have a combination of a few of them. But in order to create change, you have to understand what all the possibilities are to navigate them to create a solution. And that's what this book breaks down. So today, it's all about uncertainty. Now, what do we mean by uncertainty? We understand that people are risk averse. People like knowing what they are getting, and as long as what they are getting is positive, they prefer sure things over risky things, even if the risky choice is better on average. Now, in a previous episode, we talked about what it would mean for somebody to take a chance of changing, and they have proven that the benefit gain has to be over 2.2 times higher than the current situation to create change, which means people will sometimes sometimes take the sure thing that isn't easy or it hurts a little bit over the risky choices better because they have endowment, which we talked about before. And so uncertainty is one of the pillars that gets in the way of creating change because change often involves uncertainty, if not all the time. Will this new product, will this new service, or will this new idea be as good as the old one? And it's hard to know for sure. And this uncertainty makes people hit the pause button halting action. And so to overcome this barrier and to become a catalyst, catalysts make things easier to try, like free samples at the supermarket or test drives at the car dealership or reducing risk by letting people experiencing things for themselves. And so think about all the places in your life where you have had uncertainty about something or been in an experience where they used what we're going to talk about today to eliminate that uncertainty. And you're surrounded by it. Think about people giving out free samples. The car dealership is an incredible example. 
Think about when you're walking around the grocery store. Costco is notorious for this. They'll grab products, they put them out, and you taste them. And all of a sudden, you're like, I don't know if it's that good. You take a bite of it, and then it's that good, and you buy it. And I used to be in the food world. So I go to this show called Expo East, Expo West. It's still incredible. But you'll have 5,000 vendors there, and they are just sampling their product over and over. Now, there's buyers there because the buyers for the grocery stores have to determine if this product is going to sell through when it's merchandised in their store. And they already have an entire section full of frozen waffles or in full of muffins or nut butters or whatever the case is. But by having samples, they're increasing what Jonah Berger calls the triability of it. And then they taste it and they're like, holy moly, this tastes way better. We might want to look at swapping this out. And so when we think about uncertainty, we have to understand that catalysts' job are to increase the ability to say yes by making it easy, reducing friction, reducing risk, and letting people try, right? This is why people like Zappos, which we'll talk about later, you know, you have people that include free shipping labels back for returns. You have people that have a try guarantee. You have mattress companies say 180 day money back guarantee, even if you slept on it, because what they're doing is they're mitigating the uncertainty by giving you the ability to try it by reducing the risk to make sure that you like it. And so people dislike uncertainty, not just a little, like bad weather or spoiled milk or a host of other things they find mildly annoying. No, people literally hate, really dislike, like viscerally dislike uncertainty, so much so that it has a real tangible cost. Uncertainty is even worse than certain negative outcomes. Knowing you'll be late to a meeting certainly feels bad, but wondering whether you'll make it on time usually feels worse. And so we have to understand how powerful uncertainty is as a roadblock. How many times us in our own life, even as the entrepreneur, even as the, the person becoming the catalyst, fall victim and prey to uncertainty, where we get stuck, we get stagnant, we don't move because uncertainty is a massive, massive domino to topple. So. Our job as a catalyst is how can we reduce uncertainty? And so Jonah Berger has this term called triability. And triability is how easy it is to try something. The ease with which something can be tested or experimented with on a limited basis. Triability. And so you can reduce uncertainty by lowering the barrier of trial. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to give you four ways to lower the 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 barrier, the battlefield, which we could call it a battlefield. I'm going to give you the four ways to lower the barrier to trial, which means it makes it easy. And I'm going to give you some ideas. And so these are ideas that Jonah Berger shares, and I love them. And as you listen to these, I want you to start listening through two lenses, lens of where you've seen this in your life and where has it worked on you? Where have you had re resistance because of uncertainty, but where somebody increased the triability and it helped you commit to then make a decision, right? For example, like landscapers. I had an incredible landscaper because he came over and saw that my lawn was done and said, hey, I know you have a lawn care guy, but he's missing this, missing this. I don't want to sell you. Can I just do yours for free? And I was like, totally. And literally I went inside. I came out. My lawn looked incredible. And I was like, I have to hire you. Game over. No difference than when you go to a high-end restaurant, right? What Some of my favorite restaurants in the world, you'll hear this term called the mousse-bouche. And it's like the chef's tasting. And you'll sit down at a restaurant. And then they'll bring out this no matter what you order, before you order appetizers, before you order a meal, and they'll let you try something from the chef. They're increasing the triability. Sometimes they go way out of the park on things that you wouldn't normally order, 
which is going to increase the likelihood that you order something different than you would have normally done. Or it's going to increase the trust and the confidence you have in the food that you're going to order. You're going to see how amazing it tastes. And then you're going to order more than you would have ordered in the first place because now you've tried it and they increase the triability. So the number one way, the number one way to increase triability is to harness freemium, to harness freemium. And so free shipping, for example, in the e-commerce world, free shipping avoids charging customers for the privilege of trying shoes on. Test drives at the car dealership. Test drives and renting give people a chance to experience something before having to commit. A drowning simulator helps people experience how difficult it is to survive without a life jacket. And so by reducing uncertainty and making people more likely to take action. And so we think about the freemium model. Freemium can be many things. If you, if you sell content, you can give away pieces of content for free. No commitment asked whatsoever to get them to try it. This podcast is technically a freemium model. You can listen as much as you want, learn as much as you want. And eventually, if it all aligns, you'll love what I have to say. You'll realize that I can help you. And then you'll consume enough until you're ready for me to help you. This is a freemium model. And so what you're asking yourself is like, how can I reduce the resistance? How can I make it easy to try things? This is why there's dressing rooms and clothing stores. This is why companies now that sell clothing online have a massively beneficial return policy, but have also figured out ways for you to have clothes that fit better. They have stylists, they have you send measurements. They're increasing the ability for you to say yes, because they're harnessing freemium and they're adding things in, right? If somebody goes to buy something and the shipping cost doesn't equate to what they wanted to pay and a company offers free shipping, well, they just included the ability to say yes by harnessing freemium. And so what you need to think about is where can you use freemium and where's freemium be used on you to increase your triability, okay? Number two, number two is reducing upfront costs. And now when we think about costs, there's a time cost, there's a money cost, and there's an energy cost. And I want you to think of some ways in which you can reduce upfront costs. They could also be said, reducing upfront commitment, right? And so think about gym memberships, right? Where they're like 30 days free before I even take your credit card. Done. But what they understand is that if you come into that gym every day for 30 days, you're going to buy a membership anyways. But they reduce the upfront cost. Think about the gym memberships that waive quote unquote, waive the initiation fee. They're like, hey, normally it's a $99 initiation fee and $29 a month, but do you know what? You can start for $29 today and we'll waive that upfront fee. Think about TV providers. Remember back in the day or somewhat now where DirecTV still fucking harasses you and you can get a restraining order against them? But think about it. They call like, oh no, just for this package, for these two years, we're gonna save you X amount of dollars. It's gonna rebuild. Think about cell phone companies. Think about discounts. Think about all the ways in which you are a product of people reducing upfront costs and then start thinking about all the ways in which you in your business or with your customers can become the catalyst by reducing their upfront costs. And when I think about this, I put them in three buckets, time, money, and energy. People always want more time because it's an asset we can't get back. And so if you can reduce the time commitment that something would take, if you can reduce the time until it gets to take a result, if you can reduce the energy expenditure required, if you can reduce how much money it's going to cost them up front, you're thinking in all the ways in which you can reduce upfront costs to get a deeper commitment or to get a, an easier yes to increase triability, okay? So that's number two. Number three is drive discovery. So number one is harness freemium. 
Number two is reduce upfront costs. Number three is drive discovery. And he talks about supermarkets in this one, uh, but supermarkets hand out free samples of smoked sausage on toothpicks. That not only lowers the barrier of trial for sausage lovers, it also grows the set of people who think about buying sausage in the first place. And so drive discovery. Driving discovery means where can you get somebody to taste the experience before they actually have it? So for me, I'll meet people at events. I'll answer their questions. I tell you listening to this podcast, if you have a question to DM me, a lot of you do. And when you DM me, I coach you for free. If you ask me a good question and I can help you, I actually answer for free. I'm technically driving discovery. I'm teaching you what it's like to work with me, how I respond, how I communicate, my knowledge, my understanding of you, my empathy for you, my listening ability for you, and I'm driving discovery. Think about when you go to a nail salon, right? I actually get manicures and pedicures and I'm really overdue for a date with my wife, so we'll do it soon. But it's like sometimes you'll go get a manicure pedicure and they'll offer you something. You're like, ah, oh, I don't need it. And then they'll be like, no, 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 try it. And they put this thing on and it feels good or it looks good. And they're like, no, no, don't worry. I'll give it to you now. What do you think happens? Number one, they drove discovery. Number two, they gave it to you for free and then you loved it. So when you come back next time, you're gonna spend $30 more, $40 more because they helped you see what it was like. Uh, massage parlors, there's one here that I love and I love getting massages. They're great for my recovery, but how do they drive discovery? Well, I've gotten a lot of massages and at the very end, they're like, hey, would you like some essential oils? Or even in the very beginning, they're like, hey, the massage is, on, the massage is good but we'd love to include this aromatherapy on us. Do you want some tension relief? Do you want some energy? And they'll have you pick a scent and they'll use it. And then when you come in next time, they'll say like, hey, how did you enjoy it? How'd you like your scent? Like, it was great. And they're like, oh, would you like to add that to your service? It's $4 more. And you're like, yeah, because you've already experienced it because they drove discovery. And so what you want to make sure you're doing is figure out a way to get people to taste it before they have to commit to trying it, right? That's what an amuse-bouche does at the restaurant. That's what the massage parlor does. That's what they do at the grocery store. They do it with samples. There's many, many ways in which you can do it, okay? And it's up to you to figure out what feels the best for you. And then number four, the fourth way is to make it reversible. And this is where money-back guarantees come in, right? So we have money-back guarantees or pay-for-performance contracts work similarly. So there's a lot of companies that I own that in exchange for me taking equity, I give all my time and my payout is based on the performance of how things go, right? I have money back guarantees because quite frankly, I don't want to work with somebody who doesn't really want to work with me and it feels like holding them hostage, right? So if you don't like it, we'll fix it, right? When I consult with people, I tell them, I'm like, even a year down the road, if something that we did gets unclear or gets whatever, here's my phone number, call me. I'm here to help you. I am your team in your corner, right? We think about attorneys doing this, right? Some lawyers advertise that they don't get paid if the client doesn't either. Even airline tickets are covered by a 24-hour period return policy, right? If you go book an airline ticket, they tell you that you can literally cancel it anytime within 24 hours. What that does is it increases the likelihood that you're going to commit for that trip, commit to that ticket. And once you buy, it's a lot easier to stay committed to it because you don't really want to go through the refund and that stuff than it was to never book it in the first place. And they know that by giving you the refund window, you're most likely not going to refund, but it allows you to commit risk-free, which actually in changes your commitment level, knowing you're probably going to take that trip now. And so there's a lot of them. And the purpose of anything like that, they lower uncertainty and they reduce inertia. 
encouraging customers to change their mind from a no to a yes. And so making it reversible, making it reversible means we're mitigating risk for them. We're giving them ways out, right? So if you want to get people to change, you have to switch from their usual behavior, choice, or action. You have to be a catalyst and you have to lower the barrier to trial. So be an ice cream parlor, not a supermarket is one of the notes that he says. And so when we think about the four ways to increase triability, I recommend that people use all of these because there is no way that you can lose the game for this one. Like how do you harness freemium? How do you reduce upfront costs? How do you drive discovery? And how do you make it reversible? Now, I have a couple more notes to share on this, but before I do, I have a worksheet that goes along with this. And if you shoot me a DM on Instagram and say customer journey worksheet or the catalyst worksheet, I will send you a link to the worksheet. Uh, I will share it with you. I will send it out with you if you shoot me a DM on Instagram. And the worksheet asks you questions and give you prompts for all of the parts that we've covered in these episodes, parts one, two, three, and four, to get clear on you and your business. And I make that sure in this one to where when you're thinking about your models, when you're doing the things that you're doing, there's no way to lose the game if when you're thinking about uncertainty and that everything you're about to do, does this harness freemium? Does this reduce upfront costs? Does this drive discovery? And does this make it reversible? Those are things that I think about all the time and I think should be required principles in everything that you're doing, especially when you're trying to become the catalyst to create change, okay? And so shoot me a DM on Instagram. You know my Instagram is it's George Bryant, I-T-S-G-E-O-R-G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T. Shoot me a DM and says the catalyst worksheet or customer journey worksheet for the catalyst. Like let me know that it's specifically for the catalyst because I also have another customer journey training. And if you want that one, I'll send that one to you to two for free. Uh, but make sure I know exactly what it is so I can respond and I can help you, okay? So a couple more notes that I have from Jonah Berger's book that I think are gonna tie all of this together, okay? So there's a, a, a phobia, an actual phobia. It's pronounced neophobia. And it is the fear or a dislike of anything new. So in animals, the term is used to describe the tendency to avoid unfamiliar objects or situations and in children, it is often used as part of a food neophobia or avoidance of new food. And I have a five-year-old. I am in that right now because he tells me like, hey, bud, you can have broccoli. I tried broccoli. I ate it all the time when I was a baby and I didn't like it. And I just started laughing because he's like never had broccoli. But he is such an incredible storyteller to get his way to edify his neophobia and to make it real. It blows my mind, right? So change almost always, and I mean almost always, involves uncertainty. And this ambiguity makes people hit the pause button, stemming action. And so to get people to unpause, we have to increase triability like I talked about above. And so we have to harness freemium, like Dropbox does this. If you know what Dropbox is, you get a free plan. You get to use it. You get up to two gigabytes for free. And then once you get all your data stored in the cloud, nobody wants to cancel and move their data off. So what ends up happening? You end up paying the small fee every month to keep that data, and then you start using more, and then your plan goes up, right? Or you can reduce upfront costs. Well, reducing upfront costs is something that Zappos does, right? Zappos did this because every time you bought shoes, you got free shipping. And so you weren't paying to get the shoes shipped, and they had a return policy. Amazon has done this a few times as well. And then you have to drive discovery. And so driving discoveries, you think about car dealerships. It's one of the easiest ways is where they let you try something. They let you drive it. They let you have it. They let you experience it, right? Like 
I'm a BMW guy through and through. I love my BMWs. I don't have one anymore because I have like a dad Montana car that I love to pieces as well. But one of the things I did is I went to BMW's driving school and it was crazy because they said if I bought the car, it came with it. Well, here's the crazy part. I bought the car already. But once I did that driving school, I went and bought my wife one as well because I was like, I love this. I know how to do it. It increased my discovery. And that turned into another 120 grand for them with another car just for that second car that cost that much. And so is that, and then remember the final one is to make it reversible. And so you have to ask yourself, like, what are the key things that people are uncertain about? Okay. They might be uncertain about whether the new offering will be better, uncertain that they have a problem in the first place, that they have the time, money, and energy to do it, the confidence to do it, that, that somebody has said that to them before. And you have to start thinking about what those things are and asking yourself those questions so you know where to reduce that uncertainty. And so when we think about Dropbox and other companies, how they harness the power of freemium, what could you make free and how could you use it to encourage clients to move to a paid version? Spotify, perfect example. Pandora, perfect example. You're surrounded by them. You're surrounded by the examples. And so now you have to ask yourself in the lens of your business, what would that look like, right? And so like Zappos, how can you reduce the upfront cost? Can you provide test drives, rental? samples or similar approaches to make it easier for people to experience something themselves as coaches right if you're a coach if you're a consultant when i'm doing high-end consulting and i'm working on a deal i'll give them an hour an hour and a half of my time for free i actually tell them what we're going to do and I, I do it for them on the call and typically i try to not get hired because if i can fix it on a call it's going to help but here's what happens they all hire me because i'm increasing or i'm decreasing the upfront costs I'm like no, no don't pay me just let me help and helping actually gives me more clarity on how I can help them down the road. But think about you that run masterminds or do coaching calls or doing that. If you're doing coaching calls in one-on-one, -on -one, maybe you don't want to do that for free, but once a month or once or twice a month, can you do a group call where you coach people for free on the spot that costs $0? That reduces upfront costs. It's basically a free model. They get to test it out and discover what it's like to work with you. And then there's a good percentage of them that will commit to work with you after because they had the experience, right? And so rather than waiting for people to come to you, can you drive discovery like Acura does with their experience? Golf companies do this. TaylorMade and things, they travel around the world and they'll let you get free fittings. They'll let you swing their new clubs. It doesn't cost you anything. They go to the driving range where you already are and you're using your clubs and they put this brand new like $1,000 custom-fitted driver based on your swing in your hands, and then they let you swing it on the range for a half an hour for free. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to go home. You're going to try to convince your wife to take her on a date, buy her flowers so that you can smooth in the fact you're going to go buy that new golf club that you don't need, but it feels so good because they drove discovery and they removed the barrier for you to have it. And so the questions that you should be thinking about is that can you reduce friction? Can you reduce upfront costs? Can you make it easy with the freemium model? And can you make things reversible, right? And so uh, there's an animal rescue uh, that Jonah referenced in the book called Street, uh, Street Tales, Street Tales Animal Rescues. And so what they do is they does trial period, money back guarantee or lenient return policies. And for our sweet Leilani, and for those of you who don't know, um, <laughs> my service dog Leilani passed away um, a couple weeks ago. And she was a rescue and she was a pit bull rescue. And I loved the shelter that we rescued her from because they were incredible. They had a no questions asked, we'll take her back policy. And they do a lot of due diligence, but they're like, no, no, no. Like we care about this breed, we do it. And not everything's a good fit. 
And they also went out of their way to where like, if we had issues and things like that, and, and what ended up happening is that about a month after having our sweet girl, our, our in-laws were watching them and she snuck out of the house and ran away. And a lot of rescues and things like that would get angry. You don't know. We called them and they offered help. We ended up finding her. She was just hiding in the backyard. Now, once they make us wrong, they're like, no, are you good? You fine? We're like, yeah. They're like, can you handle her? We're like, yeah. They're like, but you can bring her back. And it's like, no, no, we love her. And they're like, do you need anything? Like they literally made it so easy. And so do so many other people's. And so think about where you've experienced things being reversed and things being supported for you that have allowed you, that have allowed you to commit because they've mitigated all the risk and they've gotten you in and they've gotten you to commit and they've gotten you to experience something so that you can take it to the next level. And so when you think about uncertainty, when you think about uncertainty as one of the things that prevents people from creating change or you being the catalyst to change, your job is to remove that uncertainty. And the four ways in which we do it are we use freemium, we reduce upfront costs, we increase the triability, right, by letting them to test it or drive it or experiencing it, and then we make it reversible. And these are the four ways in which Jonah Berger says that you can increase triability. And by increasing triability, you're making it easier to go from where they are to potentially trying something new because they're not having to make a big commitment. And now they're not weighing it against what they're currently doing in a checks and balances system because typically you will lose that game unless the potential gain is like 2.2 times what their current results are. So that, my friends, is part four of the Customer Journey Series on the Catalyst by Jonah Berger. It's part four of the Customer Journey Series of the Catalyst by Jonah Berger. So couple things. I asked you questions in the beginning. So you should be sending me like four Instagram DMs, but you can send it to me at once and answer the questions. Number one, do you like the book breakdowns on the, custom, on the podcast and do you want me to keep doing them? Number two, if you want my regular customer journey training, I don't want your email. I'm just going to send you the training in a Google Doc. Let me know. If you want the worksheet that goes along with this podcast and all the previous four with the questions and everything else, shoot me a DM on Instagram that says, George, send me the Catalyst worksheet. Send me the Catalyst worksheet. Send me the Catalyst worksheet and I will send it right over. And then number four, please share this episode. I'm going to ask you directly if you're watching this video, I'm looking you in the eyes. If you're listening, I'm looking in your earballs, but I want you to listen. Please help me by spread this. I don't run sponsors on this show. I am my own sponsor of this show. I love creating this show. I pour so much of myself into this show and how you pay me back is by sharing it from getting new people to listen, sharing the episodes, especially when they resonate with you and they work in your business. And I'm going to add a fifth one. When you apply this stuff and when it works, it's designed to get you to take a step forward towards your business and towards your life. And when you take that step and you feel safe with me and you're like, God, I like this guy. I want more of what he's doing please let me help you. If you want to be in our mastermind, let me know. If you want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching, let me know. If you want to come to our events, let me know. If I can help you in any way, let me know. And the lowest barrier of entry to get into our world, I think is $27, which it should be a thousand dollar product. And so we have options to support you because our job is to make you win first and then we win when you win. We have events coming up. I'd love to have you out. Those tickets are going to sell out quick. But I want you to trust yourself that if you keep listening and you're experiencing wins, you're like, God, I got to reach out. I got to reach out. Reach out. Because the longer you friend zone me, the less likely you are to get the results. And so stop friend zoning me and shoot me a DM. But that, that is it. That is part four. That is part four of five. We have one more coming up. And so if you haven't listened to parts one, two, and three, go listen. If you have, maybe listen again and get ready for part five because that will be coming up next. But either way, that's a wrap for today's episode. 
I love you so much. We kept it the 30 minute mark. Have a beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, I'm out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.